Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? This is Josh Holland, your host of Simply Walk the Talk, and we have another wonderful episode. I feel like I say that all the time, but they just get better and better. And uh, today we have on the show Mr. Tim Gray. He is the UK's leading biohacker and the founder of the Health Optimization Summit. And I, I am thoroughly, thoroughly pleased that we finally got him on the show. Um, I think this is one that you guys will want to take notes on and and really tune into. Um, I think this is we had to reschedule about three or four times. And I think that just gave me more of an opportunity to dive into who Tim is a bit. And uh, I think as a listener, you guys get a chance to hear us talk and get to know each other on on the record. So here we are, Tim. Say hi and uh, let's let everybody hear your wonderful voice from the UK. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. What time is it there in uh, in the UK? Uh, Six forty PM. All right. So we we've got the we've got video going, but uh, at some point when you when you pop your uh, blue light blocking la- glasses on, I might I might throw that up and actually record it. There you go, smooth dude. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, I've got one of these Instagram lights, and it looks like I've got crazy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, I, I got it too, man. I'm I'm here. I just don't have the glasses because I recently got LASIK. And mm-hmm. so that's something we talked about. Um, and I mean, we can obviously dive into all kinds of things. But what I do want to start out with is I want to start out with, with your story. And um, I've listened to several podcasts that you've been on. Um, and your story resonates very well with me because we have a lot of similarities in and how we got into um, the field of biohacking. So let's maybe let listeners get an idea of your background. So maybe you can start with that. And then let's let's talk about what the heck is biohacking in the first place. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll be really quick about the me bit because uh, it's all about <laughs> what the guys can take away. So um, basically... I have been a very driven business guy my whole life since the age of 122 and started and sold several um, six-figure companies, um, seven-figure, sorry, Um, (laughs) and um, always thought sickness was a weakness uh, whenever people were moaning when they had a headache or had been ill, chronically ill. I always just thought they were weak and it was all in the mind. Um, then uh, about 10 years ago now, uh, I suddenly, I came back from, uh, where was it? It was Bali and it was a, a really good holiday. But the next day I got hit with a kidney stone that was stuck in, in my ureter actually. Um, anyway, so I was stuck in hospital for three days and when the consultant finally came around, I said, what's up with me? He goes, oh, this is just something some people get. <laughs> anyway, uh, health spiraled out of control after that point, pretty much. I was always stressed whether or not I was going to get another kidney stone stuck in me because it feels like like a lot of people say, and I'm not belittling birth, uh, childbirth or anything, but many of the doctors, including female doctors, said that uh, having a kidney stone stuck in your ureter is worse than giving birth. I can't obviously compare that, so I can't say, but it really did feel like I was being torn open. Anyway... Um, let's fast forward a bit. They always just said, no, don't eat strawberries. Don't eat anything with oxalates in it. Um, and once you get kidney stones, you generally got them for life. 
So for me at that point, you know, eating um, a, a bacon lettuce tomato sandwich I thought was healthy and <laughs> eating a whole plate of fruit I thought was healthy. Um, anyway, so yeah, I got uh, I got more and more and more stressed and I think I was so stressed for so long that uh, I, I like became chronically fatigued and then I started getting urinary tract infections um, and sicker and sicker and sicker. So I was then on more and more antibiotics and um, couldn't digest my food anymore to the point I became, you know, had malnutrition, uh, which meant I got even more brain fog. And from someone that was 200 miles an hour all the time up to the point of just not being able to get out of bed and being an emotional wreck, um, it was quite, it was quite a journey. Um, then one day I was in the doctor's and I'm, yeah, in the doctor's five days in a row and said to him, you know, what's up with me? And he shrugged his shoulders and this had been going on about a year by this point, I guess. He said, don't know, can't tell you. Wow. Anyway, my mum had driven me to the doctors because I wasn't able to drive. And um, when I got home, I just started searching the internet for kidney stones, um, antibiotics, and all the different things, all the different connections, I guess. And and then um, about, well, I think it was a week or two later, I got... Um, thrush or something or other in my in the roof of my mouth and it was just like where did this come from so it was obviously my immune system was not but it just happened to be around one of my fillings so i googled metal fillings and thrush and it came up with mercury poisoning mm-hmm. and uh, candida so i found like i was googling nutritionists and stuff because i didn't trust doctors at that point um and found a functional nutritionist and she did a mercury test on me and it showed that I was high in mercury and arsenic. So thus the journey really began from that point. Um, I was very, very high in mercury, very, very high. I'd had seven fillings. I'd also had um, a metal implant in me as well, which I've since had removed. And I've had metal allergy tests done with Melisa showing that I actually had an allergy to some of the metals that I had in me. So not only was it mercury poisoning, it was various other things. And obviously being electrical creatures, um, and metals in us really does screw with us. Some people it doesn't. They, you know, they don't seem to have an issue, but some people do. Um, anyway, so I, I did everything I could. Um, <clears throat> really, um, my my belief was that if I had a clear mind, because I had a lot of brain fog and anxiety at one point, I had a clear mind, then I could figure out how to fix the body. So starting with nootropics and smart drugs and all these things. And then one day I heard about bulletproof coffee. And um, I was told, you've got you've got to do this stuff. So I tried it out. And then next thing I know, it's two or three in the afternoon. I had been working like an absolute madman for hours. I felt a lot better. And I realized that there was something in it. So then I heard about, obviously, Dave Asprey and Bulletproof Radio. And I started researching. And, you know, that was five, six years ago, something like that now. So it's been, you know connecting all the dots. I didn't even know I was a biohacker for many years. So I'd learned a lot of cool stuff. And it was only for the last two or three years I've been talking about it on social media. Um, so yeah, so that's basically the health journey. And then um, I went to the Bulletproof Conference 2017 in Pasadena and it was awesome. I hung out with, you know, all the cool, all the cool speakers that I've been reading about for years, including uh, Dr. McCola mm. and uh, obviously Dave and, um, Various others came back to England, and then it was just a bit of a, a holiday hangover, I guess. A, 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 yeah, holiday hangover where there was no community around. There was no one else here except for a couple of friends that were into health. 
And so I started a little meetup group, which grew and grew and grew and grew. Um, and then people said you should do a conference. So I did the Health Optimization Summit, which is biohacking conference, essentially, and partnered with Dave Asprey and uh, PayUFX guys as well to bring a big deal to London, which was 1,200 people, 40 speakers, 50 exhibitors, and year one was last year. So, yeah, it went off with a big bang. Dude, that, that is awesome. That's It's such an awesome journey. In fact, um, I find that more and more people are sort of uh, coming to the forefront from this background of being damaged, so to speak, right? And then as you kind of learn, you 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 pick up things along the way like you did, and um and like i've done um and and i i think that's really cool because it's like when you when you mentioned you didn't realize you were a biohacker this is also kind of the thing i talk about a lot is that at the end of the day we're, we're all biohackers in some sense right you know if you're if you're adjusting the temperature in your home or you're cooking food or you're you know exercising at the end of the day we're, we're biohacking it just some people take it to a certain level and, you know, people who call themselves biohackers like us, you know, we're probably testing and trialing some of the, uh, some of the cooler things. Like I noticed recently, um, you've been posting about Sensate. I thought that looked really, really cool. Um, I, I, at some point I may have to ask you about, about that off the, after we've finished recording, but, um, yeah, it looks really, really cool. Um, also I, I remember hearing you on another podcast talking about the the mercury fillings and um and I just thought that was such a an interesting take because a lot of people forget that that kind of stuff shouldn't be in our mouths. I mean that's such an old technology, right? Mhm. And yes. Yeah. I mean I think um we we are, we're all biohackers. We have been for a long time, but it's a newer label. Cavemen were, well, they, I guess you could class us as biohackers because everything that we do is using technology to um, give us a better life. For instance, the first caveman, as Dave Asprey says in Superhuman, I think it is his book, um, cave, cavemen or our ancestors were biohackers, like using fire um, to cook food to kill bacteria and things like that. Mm-hmm. So unfolding the proteins in foods. Um, I think that, you know, biohacking <clears throat> is actually a mindset. Um, it's a systemic, systemic approach to um, optimizing your health. I mean, like, for instance, you were talking red light therapy, which has been around for a long time. And um, biohackers consider it a biohack. But someone in the red light um, therapy industry wouldn't necessarily call it a biohack. So the same with yoga, I would consider yoga for me as a biohacker, a biohack. If I need to loosen my hips or get a bit more mobility, I'll get into yoga, which I would class as a biohack, but a yogi wouldn't consider it biohacking. So it's really about the systems thinking approach to optimizing your health. And um, I think if you look at bodybuilders who are the original biohackers as well, you know, they learned to manipulate their biology Mm -hmm. just with lifting weights, which was mimicking what our, what the cavemen did, um, building houses and things like that, which made muscles get big. They knew this. They kept on lifting more and more and more, knowing they'd get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, you know, uh, steroids come around and they figure out how to make it go even quicker. That's, you know, it's not a health-focused biohack, but it is a biohack in theory. So, so really, it's, yeah, biohacking is ultimately the art and science, art and science, should I say, of mm your health using nature and technology combined when you can't get to nature 
So that's really how it ties in. And I think things like the Sensate device, just to touch on that quickly, I, I recently have been traveling around Europe during lockdown. Uh, I did 10 weeks of it and I wasn't particularly careful. I only wore a face mask when forced to or out of respect for key workers and um, didn't wash my hands all the time. You know, I, I was respectful for other people, I've got to be honest, but I wasn't careful for myself. Um, in fact, I was hoping to get the antibodies. Um, <laughs> um, and um, I didn't get it. I didn't get the antibodies. I didn't get the virus, any of these things. And I think one of the things that really changed me while I was traveling, and this is relevant to the sensei, is that 10 weeks of traveling with having an hour or two in the morning of working head down and then getting off down to the beach and reading and having a lot of calm time for your mind really did help my mind deal with things that it needed to deal with that I don't usually get the breathing space to do. And um, I think my um, way of thinking is, is that in our ancestors used their bodies more than our, more than their minds uh, because they had to think about building things or collecting food and they were constantly moving and had a lot of mobility. Whereas now we're using our minds more than our bodies and they're sitting in front of computers all day, every day and not moving. I, like, I have a wobble board here to keep my core moving. I have an earthing mat and an earthing mouse mat and I'm in and out of the garden and the trampoline all day, every day. Um, so I'm trying to use my body more and more and more opposed to my mind. But what I noticed while traveling was that my mind calmed so much. I dealt with a lot of things. And when I came back, <clears throat> my calendar fills up. You have to do the shopping. The cleaners are turning up. Various friends are turning up. All this noise and stimulus that we didn't evolve having. Um, so things like Sensei is a perfect device actually to make you accountable, you've invested money in it, it makes you stop and take a breath for a moment. And that's why meditation these days is so important because people just don't get any time for stillness for nothing. Now, I had quite an awakening from it because obviously the stillness time is considerably more while traveling, considerably more. And now I get in 20 minutes a day plus trampolining time and maybe a bit of Wim Hof in the garden. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> the point is, is the sensei is a great way of using technology to mimic that stillness that we would have once had. So that's why it's such a, such a great device I found. Um, and it's vibrates on your chest gently, gently. It's almost like you've got a, a kitten purring on your chest or something or other. It's a very slight, gentle vibration and it syncs with the sound in your headphones and takes you deeper into your body and out of your mind. So it really gives you that sensory, sensory feeling, I guess, of, um, of calmness without your mind being too active. So that's why I like Sensei. That's beautiful. You, you know, the way you described it, it, it kind of reminds me of what it would be like to have an Apollo neuro device with Nucom. Are you familiar with Nucom? Yeah. 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 It, it, that's what it kind of reminds me of. So I'm like, okay, d definitely right up my alley. I'll be checking that out. Um, and I'm glad you touched on the meditation piece because meditation is one of the things that I also feel like is on a spectrum, you know, and then, and there's, there's this idea of like, ah, oh, I'm not a good meditator or, you know, I don't I don't want to sit with my legs crossed and my, you know, my fingers like this. And I kind of feel like um, this. I, I hope that meditation becomes more mainstream and it seems like it is. Um, and I feel like however we can get into this state of flow 
is is whatever can be considered meditation. For instance, just recently doing my um, my LASIK eye eye procedure, I for the first time took a sedative, and I, I sort of struggled with do I take it? Do I not take it? And you know, I asked the 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 nurses there, and they said that most of the people go for it, but a few people don't don't do it. And so I said, okay, well, let me use this opportunity to to say that I did take some of it so that I can also give people this this idea of what it was like for me, right? This is that biohacking route. <laughs> so I take the sedative and all I could think of was like, wait a minute. I feel like I was in theta while I was having the entire procedure done. It was like I was able to kind of block out everything else that was going on around me. And I was in like this, this state, I feel like I was on cloud 15, you know, it's like screw cloud nine. Like I was way up there in a meditative state while having my eyes lasered, you know, and flat pulled back and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, and so I, I think that more people could kind of, if, if, if we could point these little things out, I think meditation could become mainstream Instead of just saying, well, okay, you got to go do yoga to meditate or you've got to sit with a shaman to meditate. Like meditation can be whatever we want it to be as long as you're calming yourself, you know, clearing out your mind and you're focusing on things, you know, like on one thing. Or maybe you can focus on two things at a time. I don't know. But what would you say to people that that maybe have tried meditation and it wasn't for them, quote unquote? Um, I would question why. I mean, if you if you've cut yourself and you push on it and it hurts, there's a reason. Um, <laughs> if, um, if you're meditating and you keep on pushing away, I would say, what's that about? Um, if someone says that they can't do it, I would say, why can't you? And they're, I just can't. Okay, well, that's probably the reason why you should. And I think uh, I heard a quote once that was something like, um, if you get ten minutes a day, meditate. If you don't. Do 25. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. And I think, I think if, it, if, there's a re- if there's something you can't do, then push through it. And I, I have been one of those people, in all honesty, because I feel like it's just a waste of time. But in all honesty, the amount of things that I resolved and dealt with while I was traveling, I came back and I'm, I feel like I'm a different person. I'm dealing with relationships different. I noticed patterns that I didn't even know were there. Um, and I've let go of a lot of things that were troubling me, but bothering me, I guess, in the background, just from having some stillness. And I think 20 minutes of sitting there doing nothing is one thing, but being on a beach, just looking out to the sea and looking at the waves and things like that, that's also meditation. Yep. Um, so I think, I think whatever works for you, and I, I think with Sensate specifically, it's that extra thing that helps you meditate and makes it a little bit more fun for the type of person that's bored by it. And I think it's a great device for that reason. So, yeah. Very cool. Okay. So <clears throat> moving on to more of your, your journey, so to speak. Um, so I, I know one of the last times we had to reschedule is because um, you, you had, um, I think you did something else dental and it made me wonder is, was that more of the whole mercury thing? Are you still trying to figure that out or did you get all of that? taken care of? Yeah, I unfortunately, I've had a lot of dental work through the years. And a lot of it stems back to childhood. And having dentists that worked on me that weren't biological dentists, that they were just fixing the bite. So if they see a tooth broken, they drill it, they put metal filling in. That's one thing. 
so um, amalgam is obviously partly mercury. Mm-hmm. Mercury being neurotoxic and one of the one I think it's the second most toxic substance known to man that's not man-made. Um, and what that does is it stops certain enzymatic reactions from happening. It means that calcium doesn't necessarily um, go into the bone properly where it's on the tooth and therefore the bone becomes weaker, which then makes teeth even worse. Similar to having glasses as a child, if your eyes are just slightly off, you have slightly stronger ones, it makes your eyes slightly weaker. You have stronger ones, it makes your eyes even weaker and you're progressing and getting worse and worse eyes. Whereas ancestors didn't have that issue. They were always, um, their eyes always stayed static apparently. Um, and if they didn't have good eyesight from birth then they just didn't survive. And so, mm. so I think, um, if they didn't have glasses, for instance, it wouldn't progress the eyesight to be worse and worse and worse. And you wouldn't have to have LASIK potentially, depending on how bad they were when you're born. Um, and it's the same, I think, with mercury fillings. If there was some composite or uh, ceramic filling instead of metal, then that wouldn't have meant the bone would be so damaged. It also, I've had root canal treated teeth, which is down to one to immune system, two to genetic things that I've had in the past in terms of um, detoxification issues that runs in the family, but you know, 40% of people have that. But it also is because I've been low in vitamin D for most of my life, low in vitamin K, hadn't really properly eaten properly and had antibiotics when I wasn't getting the nutrients from my food that I should have done. Also eating non-organic food, which is lower in minerals and nutrients as well. And therefore things like bone and teeth don't heal properly. So I've had a run of health issues, uh, health and dental issues. And um, I went back to have a tooth that had a cyst on the top of it that the dentists and surgeons in the UK said it was nothing. Um, <laughs> but when I went to see Dr. Dom, uh, Dominic Nitritz, who's the leading biological dentist, he's a speaker at the summit and a dear friend of mine, he said, no, there's definitely a cyst there. And when he pulled it out, sure enough, there was a big um, cavitation. So I had the tooth taken out and I had a ceramic implant put in immediately. And instead of having the tooth pulled and left um, with nothing there, um, they put a ceramic implant, which is biocompatible and osteointegrates. Uh, so instead of the bone shrinking away when you had a tooth taken out, it heals around it. So uh, I'd had that done. That was why I uh, postponed because um, it needed to be done. And um, I've had other work done, another ceramic implant here as well. So really it comes from nutritional deficiencies. And yeah, that was pretty much the last mm, dental surgery I had to have, but it's world leading stuff. <laughs> Dude, that is that is <clears throat> very fascinating. Um, you know, it's like, I'm glad, well, it, it sucks that you had to go through that, but I'm glad that you, someone like you has gone through that because you can talk about it the way you have. Um, and, 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 you know, touching on the, the whole need for LASIK, it's interesting, interesting you bring that up because for me, um, you know, no one in my family really has bad eyesight. Um, but you know, it was, so I'm a basketball player and I went to college, uh, in, in a small school in Oklahoma. And (laughs) when I was playing basketball, I think it was my junior year in college or maybe it was, yeah, I think it was my junior year. My coach would. He was he he was a, a tough coach. <clears throat> Let's put it that way. He was like the Bobby Knight of of uh, the um, NAIA school that I went to, and <laughs> he noticed that I had a shooting slump because I'm a shooter, right? And uh, he was noticing I had a shooting slump, and he was trying to to get on to me, and kept noticing that I was squinting. And every time I would shoot, I would squint, and if I missed, 
you know, he would, he would get on to me. And so he was like, Josh, you need to go get your eyes checked. And I'm like, coach, my eyes are fine. You know, what are you talking about? He was like, yeah, well, your, your numbers don't lie. Right. And what he didn't realize was that I was squinting to keep the sweat out of my eyes. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, I was having a slump, but we all have shooting slumps. Right. And so anyway, because I was on the, uh, the insurance from the college, he was like, dude, just go and get your eyes checked. If you need to get glasses or contacts, you know, you, you'll just get them. So I go, and of course, um, you know, the, the optometrist was, was connected. He's alumnus of the school, and he, he ended up prescribing me contacts. Now, granted, when I did put the contacts in, I was like, whoa, like, there's a whole new world out there. It was amazing. But back to your point of correcting my eyesight, it, it got progressively worse and worse and worse. And I'm fortunate enough to, to only have like minus 1.5 was what I ended up with. Um, but I noticed that it was going to start getting worse and worse and worse. And so I, I just quit cold Turkey. I, I just stopped using contact. I stopped using glasses for about two years and then fast forward to moving to LA uh, just because of the nature of my work and whatnot. Uh, I'm forced to drive a little bit more. So that's why I ended up opting for LASIK. And, you know, I wish I could be the one to say that, like, I could have kept doing the eye exercises. Like I did the Z health. I did all these different eye exercises, but I have to at one point throw my hands up and say, you know, let's get, let's use technology to, uh, to enhance it. And I'm happy I did it. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so so with the Health Optim- Optimization Summit, you um, so the last one was, when was the first one? Uh, so the first and the last, it was our first year, it was 2019, so last year, last September. It was supposed to be the second one uh, last weekend, but obviously down to good old COVID, right. uh, postponed it until the end of January uh, next year. Okay, okay. Well, I'm, it's really cool. I've, I've, heard, I've heard about it before and... Um, and you know the fact that we're we're friends, we, we have mutual friends in common with uh, Dr. Scott and and Shaker and that and that group. These guys have been um, really really important in my sort of networking here on the West Coast. Um, and you know, and and maybe we can touch on on that. I mean, I think this world is it's it's really small. This biohacking world is really small, right? And uh, something that we were talking about before we started recording was. You know, what was that quote you said about, um, you know, if, if a person's 95% match, I'll go ahead and connect them. Um, I thought that was cool. But let, let's maybe talk about that because I feel like there is there is this beautiful subset of, of people in our in our career, in our field that are doing things to c- truly connect so we can all sort of rise, you know, all all boats rise with tides or whatever, whatever the saying is. But then there's there's the the part I don't like is is the the group of people who are like, well, no, I came up with this first, and no, this is my technology. I, I don't have a I don't have any time for that. So let's let's talk about that because I think this is even why we're connected. You and I is through Dr. Scott and and Shaker. So let's talk on that. Mm. Yeah, I um I met uh, well I met Scott a long time ago. Actually, I'll touch on Scott to start with. It's been an interesting journey. Um, I heard. Dave Asprey talk about hyperbaric oxygen therapy many years ago, it must have been five years ago, six years ago. And um, so I went and tried it and uh, loved it. It really gave me a lot of energy, gave me mental clarity. And um, you know, I loved it actually, but it was so expensive per hour. I didn't really want to bury that, you know, 100, about 180, 200 bucks an hour. 
and I needed to use it twice a week. The clinic was two hours outside of London. So it was a seven, six, seven hour round trip when I was running a company and I was already short for time. So I decided to open a clinic up in London and, um, and did I built it over the space of a month uh, on the weekends from my laptop, found a clinic, um, ordered the chambers, hired a doctor, got it up and running and filled it up within three months. So I yeah, basically had an Alakazama hyperbaric oxygen clinic in the centre of London. Um, Amazing. And it was doing very, very well. And the there was a hyperbaric conference each year. And so I went to that, it's been three, four years ago now. And Dom Diagostino was there. And um, a friend of mine from Bulletproof actually introduced me to Scott and said he's a hyperbaric doctor. So we hung out and we got on and kind of like been friends ever since. And so, yeah, Scott's uh, very similar in terms of relationships and things. And he's been a very good friend and uh, yeah, a very good friend, actually, an advisor since day one. Um, yeah, and, and I think the, the mindset is there's a lot of amazing people in the health space specifically. And um and it doesn't cost anything to introduce people to each other as long as they are awesome and they're a good fit. So, yeah, so I was saying earlier on, it's like if someone's not a 95% fit in terms of personality or matches, um, then I won't introduce them. But if they are, and I think they'll be good friends, I do introduce them. And I think a lot of podcasts, a lot of things have happened as a result. Um, it's been really, really fun to watch um, you know, how one little drop of a stone can make such a big difference in in a big industry. So it's been very, very fun. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I, I love it. And 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 that's what is ultimately elevating all of us, right? Because I have more and more people now asking me, hey, what is this biohacking that that you know that you're talking about? And and I, I've I think even earlier on in this interview you mentioned sort of what you think that means to you, um, which is ultimately health optimization, which I think is great. And I, that's that explains it very concisely, which is very, very good. Um, and what, where do you think you, what are your next steps? So obviously everybody is a little bit um, taken aback or having to kind of shift what they are doing because of this whole pandemic situation. But what is, what is your, your sort of next focus? What are you focusing on um, next? I got a lot of the pipeline right now. Um, I can imagine. <laughs> I'm running a conference um, which has a lot of moving parts to it. And um, also I've been traveling. I took I took the 10 weeks off almost beforehand because we moved the date. So it gave me a breather for the first time in years, which was nice. Um, but yeah, I've got various things go- going on. I, I can't go into right now, but I mean, I'm doing one to three podcasts a day, every day recording wise. I've been doing a lot of interviews with speakers as well and uh, exhibitors for the summit and various other things in the pipeline, which will be out in the near future, which you'll, you'll find out about very, very soon. But, uh, but I can't at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah. But yep. there's a, there's a lot happening. And I think, I think with biohacking specifically, especially with, um, a TV show coming out called The Biohackers about biohacking, which was in Germany. It's not the same type of biohacking quite, but it is in a similar mindset. Um, that's given the name a boost. Also, because of COVID times, everyone's more conscious about their health. And the more studies that come out showing that people that have got, so for instance, better health, metabolic health or higher vitamin D, um, opposed to the ones that are obese and have a poor diet, 
is become more important to everyone. All of a sudden, overnight, the whole world has. So I think spaces like biohacking is doing very well, growing awareness to it just because it's so uh, effective. Mm-hmm. You know, if if the medical system and I, you know, for emergency care is incredible, I'm not going to deny that. And for procedures like you've had is incredible. It's amazing how far the uh, medical world has come. But for chronic health, it's it's lacking still. There's a there's a, an area where it needs to catch up. Um, and so I think if medicine did help with chronic health so much people wouldn't be looking for something else. I would never have started looking for something else. I found biohacking and it works. It works really well. And I think when something works really well, it catches on. And if it didn't work really well, it wouldn't. So so I think that it will be a time that it gets even, even bigger, but it is growing very, very quickly right now as a result of Corona. So therefore, my point was is that things that working on conferences and and everything else is growing very, very quickly just through a need. And people are going, it's time that we figure this stuff out. So my content on Instagram um, is always focused around communicating to people, bringing awareness to things that they could be doing for their health that might not be common knowledge. Um, yeah, and it's not super detailed because otherwise people don't understand the terminology talking about mitochondria and and free radicals and things like that. So, yeah, I just try to keep it high level and accessible for everyone, which seems to be working. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely working. Uh, and and I've noticed that even myself, just um, when we first got introduced and I had seen your stuff here and there. But then when we made the introduction, it's just like, wow, yeah, yeah, this is this makes sense to me. So let's continue to share, which is what I've been doing as well. Um, so it, it almost I think the next question that comes to mind, especially since you have you've created the Health Optimization Summit uh, and our friends, Dr. Scott and Shaker and Dr. Ted have the uh, health optimization medicine and health optimization uh, practitioner um, that, that leads me to the next question of, you know, let's say a person is listening to this show right now and they're like, all right, so we, we've heard enough about what you guys do and where what what things are happening and how you guys fix yourselves. How do I fix me? What, where is a place you would start, you know, to the person who's listening, who's never really felt like they were, um, that they needed to kind of hack themselves. What would you say they should start? It's a really good question. Um, and I get asked it a lot. The, the bigger question is why, why do they want to do it? And that really comes down to what their issues are. So it could be that they can't sleep. So if you want to do it for your sleep, is it because you've just got low energy? Um, Is it because it's fun? Is it because you're worried about Corona? I mean, it really starts with the reason why. For me, I had a gun to my head almost, you know, you figure this stuff out or you're just going to be ruined ongoing. So, you know, figure it out. That was a big motivator for me. So the, the reason why is the most important thing of all. There are basics and fundamentals that I talk about quite a lot that people need to have in place before they start getting into all the funky stuff. Um, and I think, like, for instance, optimizing your sleep or your circadian rhythm is a you know a really important one. So what time of day do you exercise? What, start, what time of day do you start eating? Um, what time of day do you stop eating? Um, what time of day do you go to bed? Are you having exposure to blue light before bed? Um, cause blue light stops you producing melatonin, which means 
and that's your sleep hormone, which means you don't sleep as good. Um, and so we're all, we're all chronically, uh, word, we don't sleep enough. It's a chronic health issue globally because we have blue lights like this. Like, and I will put these on very shortly. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So what time of bed do you go to bed and what time of day do you wake up? And does the blue light from the sunrise wake you up, for instance, when you should be asleep still because you're up with blue light late in the night? So, you know, optimizing your sleep and your circadian rhythm is really important. And because we sleep <clears throat> to reverse the damage we've done during the day, and if we don't sleep enough, we're not reversing enough of the damage and therefore we age quicker. Mm. So, so that's the basis behind that. So fundamental number one is sleep and daily um, daily rhythm optimization. Uh, for instance, if you eat much after sunset, we, we have certain genes that turn on and off at different times of day. And one of the things that I really liked uh, in Dr. Sachin Panda's book, The Circadian Code, is that after sunset, we can, we can produce 50 times less insulin than we do before sunset, mm-hmm. which means that we have higher blood sugar levels through the night, meaning we're storing that as fat. We means our, our metabolic rate is up, which means we're not using the energy we've collected during the day to repair the damage. We're actually storing the energy and processing stuff. So therefore, not only are we heavier, um, or we put on more weight, we're not actually repairing as well. So if you eat before sunset, your blood sugar level comes down quicker. You sleep with lower blood sugar. You repair the damage. You're not in, you know, um, you're in rest and digest, opposed to fight or flight or still processing. And therefore, we sleep better. We optimize our hormones better. We don't wake to pee during the night and various other things. So that's just point number one. Uh, number two that um, is a fundamental is op- uh, hydration optimization. And it's number two, because if you don't sleep for a night, you're knackered. It ruins your day more than anything else. Whereas if you're dehydrated, it's pretty tough, but you can just about get by. Without sleep, you just can't. So hydration is number two. And I think everyone's carrying around bottles of water with them everywhere. And they're um, still drinking more and more and more and more and peeing more and more and more and more. It's because the water is lower in minerals. And we're supposed to drink minerals from streams or from springs. And that would be come through rocks and it would have high mineral content. Um, that would help us balance our minerals. But in fact, we're just drinking water, which flushes out toxins out of our system, but doesn't actually replenish us with the minerals properly. Mm-hmm. And those minerals are all part of our electrical system. They form part of our veins, or should I say the blood that goes around our veins, which are our wires. And without wires, you know, no device will work. So if you balance your minerals correctly, and I use a pinch of Himalayan or Celtic sea salt in every glass of water I have, and it's never tap water because it's dead water, um, then you start to optimize for minerals, which means your soft, your skin becomes softer. Um, people that have dry skin often reverses very quickly and um, their energy picks up, their mental clarity improves significantly. In fact, hydrating is one of the best nootropics, or should I say smart drugs you can have. Mm-hmm. Uh, being 5% dehydrated can cause 30% less in performance. So if you add the right minerals in and hydrate properly, you can have a massive, massive, massive hit. Now, in sports, obviously, Gatorade or whatever it is you call it in America, we have Lucas over here. That's got maybe two two minerals in it with a, a lot of sugars as well, which would give you a short-term sugar rush or uh, boost. Uh, but the minerals that you really need for, for long-term energy and to maintain and be hydrated, they're very, there's only two. 
And if you have two in there, your kidneys don't know how to deal with it because you've got two higher than the others, whereas they should all come in certain ratios. So that's why hydrating properly is so important. And it's a, a, a significant shift for many people for their digestion as well, because um, if you have more sodium chloride, and I'm talking not just on its own like table salt, I'm talking in proper well-rounded salt, not refined, um, that helps you produce stomach acid, hydrochloric acid, which helps you kill off bacteria and viruses and um, things in your food and also helps your digestion uh, as a result, which means you get more nutrients from your food as well. So just adding proper salt into your water and with your food can make a significant difference. So that's, a, again, another fundamental. Um, uh, the third is uh, oral and dental optimization, and I won't go into that, but really you need to make sure that you have no metal fillings. And if you do, have them taken out by a biological dentist. Uh, not a standard dentist because standard dentists haven't been trained in this and they're still running an old practice in my opinion. And, um, and as a result can cause more damage than good by taking out mercury. Um, if you have any root canal treated teeth, anyone listening to this that get migraines, um, then I would really look at that because root canals are dead organs that are left in our bodies filled up basically with some form of cement. <laughs> um, and therefore, toxic to our bodies and a lot of chronic health issues actually come from having root canals there's a mm -hmm. documentary called root cause on it was on netflix but they took it down because so many traditional dentists complained about it and that's usually when you know it's got good stuff in it of course and also optimizing your oral microbiome um, because a lot of people are fixing their guts and doing gut cleanses but everything from our mouth goes into our gut and our mouth has more bacteria in it than in our digestive systems different bacteria. So optimizing your oral microbiome with the right probiotics as well is good. And you can get an oral microbiome test done. And having the right balance of bacteria in your mouth actually helps with not having so much tooth decay as well. So there's, a, a, there's several brands out there that do uh, oral microbiome tests. But that can resolve headaches, dry mouth, snoring, and loads of different things as a result of optimizing your mouth, as well as migraines and neck pain and things like that. Mm. And then I won't bore you with the rest, but really the final one that is um, a fundamental is sunlight and grounding. And I pair those two things together for a reason. Um, so grounding obviously is just getting your shoes off and standing in the grass or in the soil or swimming in the sea, which is the best of all because it's really mineral rich water and hyper connected. When, when we stand on the ground, there's, it's basically we get free electrons from the earth, free electrons go and find free radicals and pair with them to make it a stable molecule, which reduces inflammation and promotes healing in the body. So you can actually measure this with a multimeter and you can measure your body voltage when you're not grounded and when you are grounded and um, the difference it makes. So when we're under the sun and we're getting sunlight onto us, that's positive photon energy. Uh, the sunlight or light is energy. So that's charging up, us up. And when we're standing on the ground, we're getting free electrons and we're like a bio circuit board in between the two. So we're actually promoting healing and um, and getting energy at the same time, as well as producing obviously more vitamin D, which is actually a hormone and all these things. So it's helping um, us charge up, which means we need less energy from food, but we still need the nutrients and the minerals from the food. So that's why when you're in hotter countries, generally you need to eat less. You can eat more salads when you're in hot country, but you... Um, and you, you're not so hungry, obviously, but when you're in colder countries, you need much more dense foods mm. 
condensed foods. So so really sunlight and grounding go together very well. So I spend most of my life in the garden, working at the laptop with my feet on the grass, um, eating nutrient-dense foods. Uh, obviously, as you can see from my tan, I'm in Britain and I've got... Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, it's the lighting. I'm not actually burnt. This is a pretty pretty damn good tan. Um, <laughs> so I'm very happy I with see. it. Nice. Um, and I've got a grounding floor mat down here and I've got a, a, a grounding mouse mat. So when I'm in doing podcasts and things, like I'm still earthed out the whole time. So, yeah, so those are the fundamentals before you start biohacking. And I think the fun things are things like bulletproof coffee. Obviously, <clears throat> I could love bulletproof coffee. Um, figuring out how to hack your uh, hangovers mm. or jet lag and all the different things that you can do that the traditional system just doesn't know how to do. Yeah, this is wonderful. And thanks for the the breakdown because this is exactly, <clears throat> I think it's exactly in line with with um, a lot of the things that I've talked about on the show already. Um, and I, I feel like some of the people who are just introduced to you or just introduced to the show are probably going to have to go back and, and you know, and, and take notes on this and, and maybe even ask questions. But this is why I love bringing people onto the show to talk about these various things, because there's so much within that. Like, in fact, <clears throat> when you were talking about the, the uh, glucose levels and the insulin resistance or uh, utilization and at night, um, I recently found out exactly how that works within my own body by having a continuous glucose monitor. So, you know, I did that for a while and I was like, wow, you know, there's a certain things that were happening within my biology that, I just assumed was happening based on the research or based on what most people do. But at the end of the day, we're all different. Right. And so how my body was utilizing glucose during workouts, not even just workouts. Right. But like a strength training workout versus an endurance workout. It's a different utilization. Right. And, And so if you're tracking it, which is what we do in the biohacking world, if you're tracking it, then you can kind of find ways to tweak it, right? You can find ways to improve your recovery, find ways to improve your circadian rhythms and things of this nature. So um, I love that you broke it down like that. And um, and I'm sure um, I, another one I felt, I felt that was very interesting, the way you explained it is, is the water. Um, because I, I probably talk more about water than, than I think anything. And because I do use a lot of PEMF, devices and I also use electrical muscle stimulation for my for my um my company with with exercise um and it's important to be very well hydrated properly and and I love how you broke it down by saying drinking lots of just regular water or dead water can help to flush out toxins but it doesn't help to rehydrate you right or re remineralize you so um here I've been using uh, a product called Omni Minerals and then I also use the um, the purple salt. Are you familiar with the the bamboo salt? Bamboo. Are, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I use that, and you know, it take it. It smells very sulfury. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I it's like I don't have to have much of that, but I'll obviously like just a little shake of that in in each of my bottles. Or this here is a pretty cool brand. Um, do you know this one? Yeah, yeah, it's Spanish. Yeah, um, yeah, it's actually one of the best mineral waters you can absolutely buy anywhere. It's very hard to come by outside of Spain, actually. Yeah, Vichy. I, I always pronounce it Vichy Catalan, uh, mm-hmm. assuming that that the the region of of Spain Catalan. Um, I'm in 
I'm seriously impressed, dude. Yeah, that's like literally amazing. It's it's very very strong in, in minerals, but you need to drink like half of that, maybe even less than most other waters as well. I mean, it's very 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 good. But if you don't have that, the best thing to do is just Celtic sea salt. You don't right. need any electrolyte powders or any of that. Just Celtic sea salt is is really amazing. But yeah, that's my that's actually my favorite brand of all. <laughs> same. We're we're on the same line, man. It's it's so funny because. Whenever I'm, um, I'm with people like, like, you know, one of the things I love about being here in, in LA is we have access to Erewhon. And, um, and I noticed they recently, cause when I was first out here like two months ago, they didn't have it and I was always looking for it. And, um, and then they started having it again. And I, I don't know if that was because they ran out of it for a point in time or they just got hip to it. I don't know. But, um, because I've spent a lot of time traveling around the world, I remember this brand when I was in Spain. And so when I finally saw it at, at Erewhon, I was like, Ooh, you know, I'm going to get it all the time. And a few of my friends, you know, you know how, like when you're, you're sitting around a group of friends and like, Hey, can I have some of your water? <laughs> when they taste this, they're like, dude, what is that? Cause it, it tastes almost like salt water. Right. Which is at the end of the day, it is an electrolyte, right. Or it is electrolyzes. It comes from the different salts and whatnot. Um, but, for me, it's almost kind of like, well, don't drink my water then, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. It hands off. yeah. <clears throat> there's actually an episode of, um, I think it's down to earth with Zach Efron. Yeah. Um, episode <clears throat> two is where they talk about the importance of minerals. Uh, there's, it's pretty, it's pretty solid. And there's a couple of things that aren't right in it, but it's a pretty solid episode for people that are listening to this that want to know more about it. Um, but yeah, it's funny. I'm really impressed that you got that brand of water from Spain over in LA, dude. Yeah. Trying, man. I'm <clears throat> trying to do my best. Yeah. So this is, <clears throat> this has been fun. I, I, um, I definitely think that we, we, we could probably talk for, for a while. Um, I, I want to start kind of closing this up because I think there's enough in this episode for people to, to really chew on for lack of a better phrase. But, uh, um, one of the things that I always like to do before we wrap up is obviously I'll give you an opportunity to uh, have listeners find out more about you. But I always ask two questions because I find I find it to be important when it comes to getting to know someone. One of those questions is, <clears throat> what is your top two pet peeves? And then I always like to finish with gratitude. So <clears throat> if a pet peeve is considered something sort of negative, potentially, I like to finish with a bit of positivity. So I always ask and finish with something you're grateful for. So have at it, man. I, and I know this is probably throwing you for a loop. So I'll, I'll, I'll chat a little bit longer just to give you some time to think about it. But the reason why I ask about pet peeves is because, you know, a lot of times we present ourselves on social media and in different platforms as kind of the best of the best. But like, we all have something that gets under our skin, right? So, um, you know, I, I always like to throw it out. And one for me, before you go, is uh, loud chewing is my number one pet peeve. It drives me up a wall. And I passively, aggressively talk about it on this show in case people are listening to the show and they meet with me. It's like, please don't smack your food. <laughs> please, because I, I can't hear anything other than that. <laughs> Um, I think the, mm, I think that my biggest pet peeve is, uh, lack of integrity and loyalty. That's probably the two things apart from that. Not really much touches me anymore. I've learned to work through, 
um, a lot of things. Um, yeah, but also I think yeah, it used to be really bad and I would judge people on my own standards. So if someone didn't have a level of integrity that I would hold for myself, it would remind me of what I was like when I was younger and therefore trigger. Um, wow. And so I would then eject them as a friend or whatever as a result of them not having a level of integrity that I thought that they should have. In fact, I shouldn't live my life through them. So I've learned to let that go. I just don't generally associate with them very much as a result. Um, but also it doesn't always mean that they haven't got integrity because you need to understand what they've done before just judging them for it. So I think a, a lack of integrity is one thing and loyalty is another. If, um, yeah, I, I, I really believe that everything can be a win-win if people are loyal to each other and look after each other. And I don't mean in a relationship setting, I just mean in general. So yeah, those are the two things that, that used to trigger me and I've learned to let go of them while I was traveling on 10 weeks. It was one of the, wow. actually I figured out without realizing it. Um, and the other thing is, is the, the learning from that was that if you like someone 95% of the time, not to judge them on the 5% of the bad and love them for what they are opposed to what they're not and um, just watch them work through it in time. And I think as a result, I've learned to uh, really let go and enjoy people a lot more appreciating for what they're grateful. So yeah, so that's how I'd wrap that, wrap that up together. That is beautiful, man. I mean, very well said and I can, I can relate, you know, I, I know what you mean. And that, I think the the thing that was most beautiful about what you mentioned there is that the the work you've done to understand to be aware of your triggers and then work through that you know so it's it's a it's a pet peeve but it's also this beautiful you know blossom or flower that comes from that and I think that's just from a person that does the work I think mean, at the end of the day we've got to do our work on ourselves before we can really really help anyone else, you know? And so if that's what you're here to do and and if that's what I'm here to do, then we have to continually, continually work on ourselves so that we can help as many people as we can. Mm. So that's beautiful. Um, all right. And then what is something that you are grateful for? It can be anything. Um, it can be from any sort of domain or any background, just something that comes to mind that you're grateful for. Mm. My, for my sickness previously and um, the journey that I've been on because I couldn't have awareness and resolve things like I did while I was traveling if I hadn't have been through that journey. Um, I think I was a selfish business guy prick that only cared about building companies and not about anyone else really. I mean, I, I may have done in the moment, but in general, I, it was all about me. Whereas now, I obviously, I focus on optimizing myself, but sharing it with other people. Um, and I think I couldn't have arrived at those things without having got ill in the first place. So I'm very grateful to have got ill, but I'm very grateful to have let go of a lot of it as well. I've got to be honest with you times, but at the same time, I'm grateful for it. Yeah, that's dude. That's amazing. I love it. Um, this has been a wonderful conversation and, um, you know, I'm hoping that at some point, when uh, you're able to to come back to, to L.A. or I'm able to get back over to London, which might be soon, um, uh, I'll definitely let you know. But it would be great to 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 sit and just chat with you some more because I feel like you, you have way more uh, knowledge than uh, we were able to talk about on this show. So I look forward to that. Um, how can people find out more about you and what is the best ways to do so? So, um, yeah, I'm most active on Instagram. 
at timbiohacker, all one word, um, also the healthoptimizationsummit.com. Um, and that's with an S, right? Not a Z. Uh, yeah, healthoptimizationsummit.com. You can, you can use S or a Z. Oh. But yeah, we're English, so we <laughs> the S, healthoptimization.com. Um, so yeah, so healthoptimizationsummit.com, either spelling is fine. But yeah, so you can find out about the summit, the speakers, um, pretty much speakers from around the world. A lot of LA seems to come to London for me as well. I've got a lot of friends in LA, as you know, and um, it's, a, it's a really good event with the game changes all in one place. So yeah. I love it. All right, man. Well, thank you for your time. I know that you're a busy man, and so we'll let you get on to it. Um, and for all the listeners, thank you for listening up to this point. And uh, please give uh, Tim a shout out. Flood his inbox and flood his, his Instagram. Do it all because uh, I'm sure he's, uh, yeah, I'm sure he could use more. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> until next time, everyone, this is Josh with Simply Walk the Talk, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Walk the top, talking facts, move like me, but I move a little fast. Make my move here to last. Fasten your seatbelts, I'm coming past. Take care of me, longevity. Hack my biology, you better believe. Walk in the top, so mind and body connected. Better go give us a lesson. Yeah. Simply walk the top.